Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Be the last talking Nets ever, but man, shout out to everyone that leaves voicemails, leaves reviews, that tweets at us, that tweets at me hey are we getting another talking nets like there is a solid group of nets fans that even if the nets embarrass us even if the nets lose you guys aren't losers we aren't losers like you guys are the motivation you guys are the reason why we take the time to do this uh keith mcpherson robin lumberg hudson flynn will go around the horn that's another season in the books for your brooklyn nets embarrassing they had an opportunity to probably tie up the series i thought uh, they had an opportunity to not get swept, but we'll go around the horn. I welcome you guys in, uh, say your thoughts and uh, your final pieces on this season, and then we'll play some voicemails. We'll talk to the chat and we'll get out of here. Well, you know, I, I thought I went to game three uh, with my son and, and I knew when they lost that game, they were losing game four. It didn't matter to me that Joel Embiid was out for that game. I, you know, I've seen that script too many times when the inferior team is uh, beat in a game three that goes down to the wire where they like unload the tank, if you will. They just don't have it for the, for the next game. It's almost inevitably a sweep. And remember, the Sixers without Joel Embiid are as talented as the Nets are, probably more talented than the, the Nets are. I mean, you've got Tyrese Maxey, who would easily be the best guard on the Nets. You've got uh, Tobias Harris, who, you know, is playing on a hundred and something million dollar contract and actually contributes on like some of the Nets contracts. You've got James Harden, of course, who was once a, a member of the Nets. And, and you've got other capable players. P.J. Tucker was great all series. So the fact that they were swept, whatever. I mean, it, it sucks because you have to hear the Nets got swept or, you know, you have to deal with that fact, especially after Joel Embiid. Game three, to me, was the one they could have got. Game three, they get that one. And then there's more pressure in game four with Joel Embiid out. But here's the thing. After last season... When the Nets lost and were swept, came the KD trade request. And once, if we're all being realistic about it in retrospect, once the KD trade request came, it was over. You know, yeah, they, they ran it back. They got everybody back together and, and they went for it this season. But, of course, it was indeed over. Kyrie asks out. KD asks out again. And that part already happened. So once the trade deadline happened, there was no 
reason to believe the Nets were going to do anything in the playoffs. We had been sitting here talking about successful was winning one game in the first round. One game, right? So what's the difference between winning one game and zero games in the grand scheme of things? Nothing. You know, (laughs) nothing. This is a team that was thrown together at the deadline. The question is, where do they go from here? Where do they go from here? And to me, there's really two avenues. I mean, unless you want to stay mid, and and I don't think that's a good place to be because this is a play-in team over the course of a full season with some reason for optimism for certain players developing. But I see two possible pathways. One is like being drastic and selling off every piece for assets and trying to like full-on rebuild, uh, which I don't think will happen, namely because the Houston Rockets have the Nets pick next year, so the Nets can't even tank. And number two is flipping those assets, trying to make a big move this summer. And that's why you hear all the, the Dame rumors. I mean, I'll go back to game three. I was, I was there with the, with the block, and when I heard he was courtside, you know, all of a sudden my spider senses started tingling, right? And then you see all the stuff he said about Mikhail Bridges in the past. Chris Haynes just said on his podcast, it's the first NBA game Dame has ever been to, not as a player. Um, and, and I really do believe there's a – in the NBA we've seen before when there's smoke, there's fire – in these situations. And, and I could see them going hard for Damian Lillard this offseason because considering what Dame has done for Portland, they're going to ship him where he wants to go. You know, so unless it's the inverse of that, where they're trying to get Mikael Bridges from Brooklyn, um, which again, I, I told you, I think it's the less likely scenario. Then if Dame says, I want to go play in, in, in BK in New York, further my rap career, everything else that's going on, play with Mikhail Bridges, with, with a team that's tailor-made around my strong suits, a team that could have used me in the playoffs. Because if Spencer Dinwiddie is Dame Lillard, I think the, the next ah. they're clear 2-1 up going into game four on Saturday. Then, you know, you, you have to decide what the, the move is. You know, if it's prudent for the Nets, given Dame's age, given his contract, what you'd have to, to give up. But, but I, I don't think that's nothing. I really don't think that's nothing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and Robin, you said that this downfall started with the KD trade request. I actually think it came before then. I think it came with getting swept by the Celtics. Teams with this sort of a roster construction, with these sort of stars, with this sort of theoretical pedigree, do not get swept in the first round. They just don't. They just don't. That's just not how the cookie crumbles for teams of this caliber that are supposed to be winning a championship. And it's all been downhill from there. And honestly, since that moment, and, and Keith, if you remember when you when you titled that episode, you know, is this the last Talking Nets ever? I actually, as a non-member of Talking Nets, just as an okay. audience member, called in just to say that if it was that, you know, Nets fans, we still have hope. But I don't know if I believed it as much as I do now, actually, genuinely. And, and there's a lot that could be said about the failures of this playoff run and everything we saw and that we should have won one game and that we could play Cam Thomas enough. Is Joe Harris terrible? Yes. But like at the end of the day, this Nets team projects into the future real strong. 
real strong. We have a comical amount of assets and we physically cannot tank. We don't have enough of our own picks to tank. It just can't happen. Sean Marks even said it. We can't tank. So at this point, unless you are committed to being a middling, mid-level play-in team, which for as much as people think this is true of Joe Sy, that he wants that, I disagree. You're going to see the Nets go in on some sort of a move for next season. Now, in the past, we have always kind of been, aside from the James Harden trade, slightly underwhelmed with the you know all-in moves that the Nets have made over the past years. But if you have a player like Damian Lillard, who with the pedigree that he does and the organizational cachet he has in Portland, at the end of the day, if he wants to become a Brooklyn Net, almost independent of anything that Joe Sy or Sean Marks or anyone in the you know, Portland's organization can really do, he will become a Brooklyn net and he will play with his best player or his, 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 who he thinks is the best power forward in the league or small forward in the league is Mikael Bridges. And it's just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And at the end of the day, that gives you a lot of hope as, as Nets fans, because the, the narrative for so many of us, not, I don't think any of us on the podcast, but a lot of Nets fans has been, well, no star is ever going to want to come to the Nets again. You saw what happened with them. You saw how they didn't re-sign Kyrie. No star is ever going to want to come. Well, we're, we're here. We're a couple of games out of getting swept in the playoffs, and we already have an NBA superstar who is looking to come to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is a hot commodity. We have a ton of assets. We are a place to be. Maybe not the only place to be in the NBA, but a place to be. And that puts us in a great position. And I think we have a lot to look forward to in this offseason certainly more than we ever had to look forward to in the playoffs. You know, real quick, and I don't want to look back. I see Joey saying facts, Robin. People need to get over KD Kyrie. You can't project that situation on this flawed roster. Uh, He also said there's no reason to be legit upset about anything this series outside of watching in the moment. I'm not upset about KD and Kyrie. (laughs) You can say it a million times to me, whoever you are, Rando on Twitter or or in the chat over here. I'm not mad that that fell apart. It was done. They want you to be mad, though. It it didn't work. It was done. It was over with. You needed to move on. So the Band-Aid was already ripped off. That's the best thing. That's the best thing about right now is you don't have to deal with that and go through that again. That already happened. Now, it's not a guarantee it's ever better than that. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but there's a chance that it's better than that. You know, you have guys at least that that I like on this. I like Cam Johnson a lot. I, I think he's a good connective tissue player. I, I like when he, you know, what he says. Mikael Bridges already showed he's more than what we thought in Phoenix. What he can actually be at his ceiling remains to be seen. This was his first uh, playoff series as like a lead guy. And, and I think ideally he's playing off someone else, but they were really missing. The, the Nets are missing two things, two glaring things. Number one, an all-star level guard who can consistently score, break down and leverage the defense get them scrambling, get them out of place, set other people up, and obviously get buckets down the stretch. You know, if they had somebody that could close games, the series may be different. Number two, a legit physical presence to clean up the glass. That has been a recurring problem. If I'm going to point out anything on Sean Marks, it's the fact that that hasn't been addressed in a long time. That needs to be addressed this offseason. But the, the Nets have a ton of draft picks to work with. They've got trade exemptions. They've got players who other teams will see as desirable, whether they're pieces like Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith, who I like on a competitive Nets team, by the way. I'm not saying trade those guys, but they are, you know, players with value in the league. Or they're Cam Thomas or Nick Claxton, younger players who could get better on another team in a different situation. They have those sorts of assets to work with. So it's not some sort of doomsday scenario. 
Yeah, and I mean, um, I saw Gerald, Jarrell, whatever the hell your name is in the chat. Like, this is what y'all wanted. Uh, what are you like? What are you saying, bro? This is what y'all wanted. Why is there a podcast looking back? It's the end of the season. I don't know <laughs> if if you thought we wanted to get swept. I think I was saying from the trade deadline, win one game and you did better than we did last year. If you're referencing Katie and Kyrie, nobody, there was no want there. Nobody wanted Katie out. Nobody wanted Kyrie out. They did what they had to do when these like when Kyrie pressed the button. They did what they had to do. It's okay. And I, I understand people like Jarrell are probably butthurt, right? Watching the Nets get swept, you're like, oh, it's talking Nets' fault. It ain't our fault. We're not the GM. 